No position gives the body more energy and more potential than posture, whether you're an athlete or you're working at a computer. Our systems uh, communicate better when we have posture. Everything works at its ideal level, right? Our breath works right, our alignment's right. The body's under the least amount of stress. It works best in the field of gravity when we're in posture. And posture is not just a static thing, it's a movement thing too. So training people how to move in posture is critical too. That's why we never learned that growing up. So these athletes that go out there and have all these great potentials genetically haven't even touched how good they can get if they were able to put all these systems together. Okay, welcome back or welcome to the Finding Mastery podcast. I'm Michael Gervais and by trade and training, a sports psychologist, as well as the co-founder of Compete to Create. And the whole idea behind these conversations is to learn from people who really understand stuff, who really understand their craft and how to articulate it. And we want to dig deeper to understand, like, how did they position themselves, their inner life? How did they work to have some alignment of their inner life and to organize their external world to really pursue both mastery of craft or mastery of self? And we want to dig to understand the mental skills that they use to build and refine that craft. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Bubs Naturals. Like you, I am mindful about what I put into my body. So for me, it usually comes down to ingredients and simplicity. The shorter the list, the better. And that's why I've been loving Bub's Naturals. Bub's creates products with high quality, all natural ingredients that are designed to help us get after the adventures in life. For years, I've been a huge fan of their hydrate or die electrolyte mix. I mean, that's a fun title for a product, isn't it? It only has six total ingredients. It's packed with electrolytes. I love the taste. No added sugar. No artificial flavors, none of that stuff. It's great for post-workout recovery. That's when I use it. And I also use it during long periods of travel, which I've been doing a lot lately. And so thank you for the hydration here. And a ton of athletes that I know swear by them too. They're currently in just about every MLB locker room. They work closely with the Red Sox, the Yankees, I know the Rangers, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, and, and many more, of course. I'd love for you to go check them out. I think they're doing a really nice job. Just head to bubsnaturals.com slash findingmastery and enter the code findingmastery at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's bubsnaturals, B-U-B-S naturals.com slash findingmastery with the code findingmastery for 20% off your first purchase. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Hims. Hims is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-informed treatments for erectile dysfunction, ED, hair loss, weight loss, and more. Health struggles like ED are common, but they can be hard to talk about when it comes to finding a solution. That's why Hims has been a game changer for so many men. The entire process is 100% online, and if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. Plus, you can manage your plan directly on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. So if you or a loved one has been struggling with ED, I really want to encourage you to go check out Hims. And I know ED often has a psychological component as well. So 
be sure that you're stacking some psychological best practices into your daily routine as well. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash finding mastery. That's hymns, H-I-M-S dot com slash finding mastery for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash finding mastery. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash EOF for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Now, this week's conversation is with Dr. Tim Brown, the inventor of IntelliSkin. And if you're in the sport industry, you definitely know what IntelliSkin is. If you're not, no problems, because this conversation is really about his craft, the body, your body, how to enhance your body for proper posture and energy management, as well as like, what does it take to develop a disruptive technology? And that's the IntelliSkin part of it. But before all that, let's give some context about Tim. So he grew to understand this creation, IntelliSkin, while working as the medical director on the ASP, well, that's the Association of Surfing Professionals, and the AVP, that's the Association of Volleyball Professionals, during the 1980s. And as an early innovator in functional taping, and that's where you've seen some athletes that have tape pulling their body into different postures and positions. It's part of the rehab and prehab that athletes go through. He developed a hybrid kinesiology technique known as SPRT, specific proprioceptive response taping. And he used it on athletes from Olympians to NFL players. And the technique quickly became a staple in the athletic world as it allowed athletes to function at a higher level, even when they were you know, beat up a little bit and they had some sort of compensation that they were dealing with, whether it was a tightness or a looseness in a joint or a slight strain. And so the, the technique became so popular that it got athletes asking for taping remedies so often that he needed something that could do the job when he wasn't there. And that's where he started to innovate. And as he puts it, many late nights of trial and error using remnants of old wetsuits and rash guards because he came from the surfing world. He devised a wearable technology that mimicked his taping technique. And Tim's goal was to take what he'd learned in designing and coming up with a comfortable, smart compression shirt that would clinically improve posture and spinal alignment for everyone, whether you're an elite athlete or a weekend warrior or somebody that sits a lot. You know, the importance of posture for us professional sitters is really important too. So with that, let's jump right into this week's conversation with Dr. Tim Brown. Tim, how are you? I'm great, Michael. Good to see you. Yeah, great to see you. So we've been fortunate enough to know each other for a long time, and we've worked together with some athletes, and you have a way that you make your team, your tribe, your community, your athletes that you work with better. And it's because you, what I've learned is that you really see things from a multi-dimensional perspective. And that, I think, is part of your genius. Now, you've got a lot of genius in there. Uh, okay, so... Arguably. But, yeah, <laughs> arguably. So, but that is really special. And while people can say, you know, oh, of course, like, no one can do it alone, check, cor correct, and whatever, you know, in the medical field, in the, in the performance world, in health, um, even in business, no one does it alone. But there's something special about people that actually go out of their way 
make connections with other people, with humans, understand what their genius is, and then weave it in properly so that everybody benefits. And it all starts with the client. In this case, for you, it's athletes. So when you hear me say that about how I understand you, what, what happens for you? Uh, I think of word Machiavellian, you know, I, I, I have to be honest, you know, Wait, are you I, calling me, no, no, no this is all yeah. on me, but, yeah, I, but, joking, I, but, I, but you know, I think we all have to look at, at, at our life situation and say, why, why are we here? And how do we get into this situation? Wait, why are we starting heavy? Why are we starting so <laughs> like, that's for me to start heavy. Are you going to start heavy? Oh, it's so funny. You are uh, no, it's heavy. just true. You know, I'm down with the truth. Truth has no agenda. So I'll lay it out there for you, and you Good. can certainly edit the heck out of this thing as you there, see. There shit. are no edits. So, so go back to Machiavelli. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I think that uh, if we look at everything honestly in, in in our lives and what we surround ourselves with, it's all about advantage, and it's it, we're trying to get our own advantage in life so that we can elevate ourselves for whatever reason, whether it's selfish or for the good of the whole. And and the reason I say Machiavellian is because I believe that when we create a system and we recognize within that system that there are certain parts of that system that are very strong and certain parts that are not quite as strong and resilient. When we look to others that look at things in the same philosophy, but approach it in a different way, we find ways to patch those areas that are weak or strengthen those areas that are weak. And when I look at somebody's health, I look at them as what you eat, think, and do. That's really my history. I'm looking at those things because the totality of those three things in different quantities and different people make up who you are. Eat, think, and do. And you spend your time with elite doers, mm-hmm. right? And when you think of, this is me trying to understand your framework a little bit, what is the value of each of those components to people performing at their best? Yeah, uh, you know, like uh, this is an old game. Like, is it 20% here, 50% mm, here? Mm. And I have a thought that I want to, it's already loaded that I want to share with you, but I don't sure. want to bias yours. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it comes down to the individual and, and thank God that, uh, experience provides wisdom. Um, because that's the way that now I'm able to, uh, speak with a patient or speak with an athlete and understand based on their history, where their spots are where their vulnerabilities lie and what they might need to do to get to their hundred percent, whatever that might be. And the hundred percent, frankly, is a journey, not a destination. We never get the hundred percent. And if we do, it's probably like ships passing in the night, uh, like balance in the body. You know, I, for my first 30 years in practice, it was all about balance. How can I make you, Mike Gervais, a more balanced human being? Is that what you're trying to do in essence? Well, it was, yeah, it was until I read, uh, um, uh, this anthropological study about humans and how everything in the universe that is mo- mobile is out of balance. And so th- then what do we do if balance isn't the key? Well, it, it is the key moving towards balance is the key, Mike getting there is not the key. It won't happen. You're right-handed or left-handed. You're more bright brain than left brain, etc. Our, our heart, bigger on the left than the right. Our rib cage, shaped asymmetrically. 
to fit those organs to on the fit. left hand side. So yeah. it only makes sense that we take it a step further and we look at this thing called the Fibonacci sequence or Ooh. or the golden ratio. Hey, right? You know what? This is going to be the first time on the pod that anyone's talked about that, mm. and it's been something really important to me in my life. Oh wow! And you know that golden ratio is freaking beautiful. It's the it's, answer, and it's been and it's been important to you. It's been how I create, invent, and I run my life that way. Okay. So I can't wait to show you some, like, I want to have you over at the house and show you some art that mm. we have. Yes. And it's Fibonacci based. Beautiful. Most yeah. of our art is Fibonacci based. Yeah. I've got some sculptures, some moving sculptures. I'm going to send you that. Yeah. I do the same That's thing. What's up. It's okay. fascinating. So it's, for folks that don't know it, they haven't yeah. been exposed to the golden ratio of Fibonacci. Like, uh, can you walk us through that? Just Yeah, a little bit. And yeah. I'm certainly no mathematician. So, so um, this is something that I fell into. I stumbled into when I was looking for rhythms and synchronies in the body, when I was designing stuff too help the body work at a higher level uh, by training it in a way that hadn't been done before, by actually interfacing with the central nervous system through our skin and having that tell a message to the brain to allow the body to then react to that particular message. Go deeper one level on that for me. So when we use tape, people are familiar with the colorful tape you see on everyone. Well, back in the 80s, um, uh, that tape was only in Japan and, and, uh, back in the eighties, there was no internet. So I was a medical director for the AVP back then. And I wanted to create something that would be more functional for the athletes. And, uh, for those of us that are old enough to know what Zonus tape is, this white tape that, that trainers used to cover our bodies with, they used to wrap us up like mummies. And so that means they were wrapping the tape circumferentially around the body. And the whole goal for that tape was to stop movement. And unfortunately, or fortunately, it stopped the movement that was aggravating the injury, but it also stopped the movement that was critical for what we call the physiological pump. We want exchange, fluid exchange uh, at, a, at a very efficient level when someone's healing or they won't heal as quickly as possible. We're talking about like the ankle tape or whatever. Yeah, that's and you a just great wrap it to yeah. get the right. So, you, so it restricts mobility. Correct. the design of it so you don't re-injure or whatever or even injure in the first place. But it doesn't get the right mechanism of the ankle to move to pump blood yeah. through yeah. and back up and around through the heart to re-oxygenate, bring the good stuff back into exactly. it. Exactly. Because yeah. when we have an injury, no matter what the injury is, it's literally like having a stroke in the body. Yeah. So I'm imagining you're not into ice. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Well, that's a big, that's a, that's a quite a controversial it's, it's topic. Con it's and time, so yeah. I, I, I'm not into ice and right. I haven't iced my athletes on a regular basis for almost five years now. And trust me, as an athlete myself growing up, I lived in ice. Me too. And I don't use it now. I, I'm interested in cryo. We'll get yeah. to that in a minute. Yes. But like whole body cryo, I'm interested in it. The science is, you know, on the on the edge. And, yeah, there's you know, a me, lot of back and forth on the science in there. Yeah. And so, you know, we look at, um, you know, the psychological part of that too. Th that's where, yeah, that's a piece of it, this, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. So okay. back to you, you stepped into this Kineso tape world, yeah. early days, 1980, and you slipped in direct medical director of AVP. Yeah. Um, and so this is the professional volleyball tour on fire at that time. Yeah. You got the legends playing. You yes. got Karch Karai out right. there. Who are some of the big names? Uh, Sinjin Smith, oh, Randy Stokeless, Mike Dodd, Mike your Whitmarsh, buddies, aren't there? Yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim Hovland, you know, I mean, yeah, these guys were, you know, these guys were epic athletes. I mean, the top guys could have 
I think really done well in many different professional sports. Yeah, these are these are six foot four, whatever, forty two inch vertical guys yeah. in the sand. Nothing wasted. Nothing wasted. Yeah. Efficiency, lateral movements on point. Like unbelievably skilled athletes that look like they're floating in sand. Yes, and have great eye hand coordination. Um, two 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 man teams, two yeah. women teams. Right. Yeah. So they got great communication. No coaching. No, not self-motivated, yeah. self-driven, not a ton of money. Right. So the heart was right. The spirit of it's right. The intensity is right. And back then, let's not get lost that they were also ripping and running with some extracurricular, you know, right? <laughs> they went like, hard, man. Yeah. They, they went know, hard. Cause yeah. when I got into it, Mike, it was, uh, it was seriously for the soul of it. Um, in the seventies, uh, you know, at Manhattan pier, if you look at, if you look back in some of the archives and look at those pictures, Manhattan beach, California, yeah. Before it turned professional guys were out there playing the whole weekend for a pair of trunks, maybe a dinner at the chart house, yeah. maybe. Yeah, right. And, and they play all day and they play eight to 10 matches in a day. And it was two out of three to 11 back then. Yeah. So, okay. So then this is part of your journey, right? Yeah. We're backing into it and we're Correct. backing into it. And what I'm hearing is what I know you to be as a community minded professional that has the athlete at the center and you live that model. Now we're learning that you got there early, um, through this experimental tape. Right. And then you came at some point in your journey and built a business and you right. built some product mm -hmm. from, it sounds like the origins of the tape to get posture, right? That's you right. Pull people back in the right directions, yeah. the Kineso tape model, you pull them back and you started to go, wait a minute. This is me now kind of putting some pieces together for you. Wait a minute we're not in balance. We're always out of balance. Let me see if I can correct some balances to get people into a more posturally aligned movement, efficient, efficient movement pattern. And that's kind of maybe where the origins of your product came from. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's just a natural Genesis. And, and after a while, the players are going, Hey man, my skin's not digging this tape and I've got to wear it every day for two weeks. Can't you build something I can put on and take off. So this is where you came up with your first shirt design. Oh yeah. That very night, that was Sinjin Smith's comment. And that very night, Sinjin Smith is a legend, legend as we just yeah. talked about big time, um, big time winner in the ABP. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Great, okay. great coach. And as well. And, and so he, uh, he said, well, why don't you create something for us that we can, you know, we're traveling and do all this stuff. And I woke up at about two 30 that night. I was on a road trip, had a wetsuit in my bag and, uh, you know, I'm six feet, 180. These guys are a lot, lot bigger, but I built a, basically the first idea behind the taping and turning the taping into something that wasn't a brace a product, but, but a, yeah, but a support system that would do the same thing. But I, I was really down on braces, Mike, because, uh, there are certain needs for it for sure. And to this day, for sure. But what it does is it, 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 it makes you dependent on the brace it doesn't make you stronger. It literally makes you weaker. And that's not something I want with my athletes. Um, so I wanted them to understand that movement and healthy movement is one of the best things you can have. You okay, know, so, so in Telescan, let me just describe the product now, the way I'm actually wearing it now. Mm. I wear it all the time. I Thanks. wear it when I, I like there's a couple compression gears that I wear. Yes. And uh, Intelliscan is something I travel in and it pulls my posture back. And it's like, it's like a Lycra. I don't polyester. I don't know what the product materials are. Yeah. What yeah. Are, it's actually, um, a lot of it's made out of jade stone, uh, I don't fabric. Know what that yeah. Means, yeah. But. Yeah. Jade, jade was what the ancient Chinese warriors used to line their armor with. So Stop it, it pulled the heat out of their body. It's even cooler than I thought. Isn't that wow. <laughs> yeah. That's even cooler. Than <laughs> so it, it just does something about posture. 
Yes. Right. And it pulls me into a more neutral rested position. And what I know about that is that when I get my posture in the right way, what takes place for me is my central nervous system says, thank you. Yes. So you mean, yeah. you, you mean that we're not under duress right now? Your chin doesn't pop forward. Yeah. You're, you're not leaning forward like to go to battle and I'm just <laughs> sending a text message, you know, sitting on a plane. No. So I get to pull back a little bit. My central nervous system says, hey, parasympathetic, let's go, which is the rest digest, you know, system in our, in our brain. And it says, relax. And so like, it is a game changer. And yeah, they call like that down-regulating the nervous system. Yeah, but, but dude, you, this is, you're, you're smart because you seeded me with a couple products. And I was like, I love it. <laughs> but this, but you, the first product you gave me, how long ago was that? Was that like, gosh, I don't know. We've been, we've been doing IntelliSkin for, gosh, almost 10 years now. Yeah, I was going to so say, it was probably, probably eight years, yeah, about yeah. eight years ago. And I was like, look at this. This is different. Watching your business grow and what you've done and the dent you've made in the field has been really cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that a lot. We just, uh, you know, we took what was out there, which is basically what Under Armour did. They found a rash guard that we used in surfing forever mm -hmm. and then started using it on football players uh, because it's a slicker shirt mm -hmm. um, and the compression is great. Anti-vibration with the muscles helps to save some endurance. Uh, but yeah, we what got we some athletes is, on the team that really love IntelliSkin. Oh, it's great. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we just we just added some brains to it. We, we put uh, that rash guard on steroids, basically. <laughs> and... and uh, by interfacing with the nervous system, now we've created a system where you're getting stronger every time you wear it because you're actually having to do the work that the shirt cues you to do. That's right. And then we've moved that down to the lower body now as well. It's not the most comfortable thing at first. It's like, whoa, I right. feel restricted. But yeah. over time, my body craves it. Interesting. You know? yeah. and, but, and then when I don't have it on is that I'm also reminded because it's like kind of always this little tug yes. and I feel it. And when I don't have it on, I'm like, Oh yeah, get, get back into that position. Yeah. yeah so perception, aware of your yep. body parts in space and posture is one of the first things that we lose as students in school being forward all the time and, and sitting Boy, if you, if I showed you a picture of a three or four year old moving versus a, a kid that's seven years old, even it's, there's a tremendous difference. Uh, the three to four year old moves perfectly moves like we've trained them to move when in fact now what we're recognizing is we're not teaching people how to move as movement specialists we're actually allowing them to uh, restore the movement that they had as kids all right so let's take let's go right here right now and i'm 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 flowing from kind of how you got to this place built a company built a product actually you're an innovator you know yeah more than a businessman. You're an innovator. Definitely. And a, and and a practitioner. And I'm, now I'm a forced entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a practitioner and yes. you've got great diagnostic community minded skills to put the athlete at the center. And that's why I want to celebrate Thank you today you. and learn. But this, I want to get to this piece right here on posture and movement. We're a wreck. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. We feed that wreck every day too. And the, when I say we're a wreck, humans are a wreck right now when it comes to how we are feeding the sympathetic system, right? So our brain is incredibly powerful. And if we oversimplify it, we got the sympathetic, which is the on button. And we got the parasympathetic, which is the recovery button. Rest, digest is the parasympathetic. And then the you know, gas go forward is a sympathetic way over grossly simplified. There's at least two other systems that are always involved too: the endocrine and the endocrine and endocrine system. Um, and what's the other one? The cardiovascular system. Okay. So why are we a wreck? 
Why are we so beat up? And then what insights do you have to help us yeah. turn our body back into a functional tool rather than a distraction? Kind of started a long time ago with commercials. Uh, how do you spell relief? You know, and I, we grew up with that, right? R-O-L-E-I-D-S, right? Yeah. We've been a, a country that looks to treat the quickest and the fastest way possible without looking at, you know, if we have to stop in our day, it's one of the worst things we can do. So we're looking for that quick relief and, and marketing's done a great job of putting that in our head. And I think that that's kind of uh, probably the main thing. And, um, uh, how, how can we take your insights to help us? So we've been looking yeah. for symptom relief. Yeah. That's a problem. Your field actually chiropractic services like, and skills, I don't know, for a long time felt like a relief mechanism. Sure. And I don't want to be a jerk about it, but like, you know, go in 15 minute adjustment and I feel better. That's, yeah. that's not good. That's not good. Best practice anymore. That's no, not where it is. I know no, that. it's selling, it's selling, it's selling a lie. Yeah. It, that's a, you're saying that's a lie. Yeah. That's a lie. You yeah. have to participate in your own healthcare. No one's more important for your healthcare than you. And you have to be, you have to be a warrior. Finding mastery is brought to you by Apollo neuro. I am really excited about what Apollo Neuro is building. If you haven't had the chance yet, I highly recommend that you go check out the conversation I had with their co-founder, Dr. David Rabin, on the podcast. It is well worth a listen. Unlike traditional wearables that simply track your biometrics, Apollo's doing it totally differently. Apollo Neuro is designed to actively improve your health by enhancing sleep, relaxation, energy, and focus. So how's it work? Developed by neuroscientists and physicians, Apollo delivers these soothing little vibrations, they call them Apollo vibes, that are like music your body can feel. More rapid vibrations help to improve your energy and focus, while the slower vibrations help to promote rest and digest in your body. And the best part for me, they're grounded in good science. Apollo has been tested by thousands of users in clinical and real world trials. I would love for you to give it a go. It's making a meaningful difference in my life. And because you're listening to this podcast, you can receive an exclusive 15% off an Apollo wearable. Just head to apolloneuro.com slash findingmastery and use the code findingmastery at checkout. This is an exclusive offer. It's only for us here at Finding Mastery. So be sure to use the code at checkout. Again, that's Apollo, A-P-O-L-L-O, Apollo, Neuro, N-E-U-R-O, ApolloNeuro.com slash Finding Mastery, or use the code Finding Mastery at checkout for 15% off your purchase. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Cured. If there's one big rock to get into the container when it comes to dialing in your wellness, one thing that stands out among the rest is sleep. Whether it be improved physical health, mental health, performance, creativity, quality sleep is the gift that keeps on giving. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with the science that supports that. And if you're struggling with sleep or you just want to dial it in a bit further, Cured's Zen formula just might be a great solution for you. Zen is a nootropic that is formulated by Cure's very own in-house clinical herbalist. And it contains a blend of reishi mushroom, ashwagandha, chamomile, passionflower, and broad-spectrum CBD. That is a powerhouse combination. 
Zen could be a great little addition to your bedtime routine. They recommend taking it about 45 minutes before hopping into bed to let the Rishi and ashwagandha and chamomile and the CBD do their thing. So right now, because you're listening to this podcast, Cured is hooking you up with a great offer. You can try Zen for 20% off when you visit curednutrition.com slash findingmastery and you use the code findingmastery at checkout. That's Cured, C-U-R-E-D, Cured, nutrition.com slash findingmastery and enter the code findingmastery at checkout to save 20%. So that's why I want to teach us how right now to do that based on some postural alignment stuff. Like, how can we be better? Because posture is a yeah. wreck. Yeah. Right? Yeah, our sympathetic pot, yeah. nervous system is yeah. on fire because of stress, because of the environment for so much. And our posture is making it, I don't know, worse. Yeah, we're crushing it. And it sure, you know, it, 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 uh, your posture is basically uh, screams volumes without words. And so you can really tell what's going on in a person's life just by their posture, just by their demeanor, how they hold themselves, how they, how they carry themselves. And the paradigm for fitness is broken. So I'm going to kind of start there because posture is about fitness. Can you teach so, them some of the cues of like how, when you see yeah. a posture, like how you know about somebody before yeah. we get to the paradigm? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if the, if the, if the shoulders are forward, the chest is down, uh, their oxygen level is low, uh, because they're, they're compressing their, yeah, their, their yeah, lungs. Yeah, they're not absolutely. using their lungs properly. Yeah. Look, there's the, the, the quick paradigm that I'm pushing today it's not mobility, stability, and strength because that's the paradigm that's out there right now in all of performance sports. I think we miss the boat if we miss the first piece. And the first piece is alignment. If your body, if your joints are not centrated. What does that word mean? Joint centration is different for everybody. It doesn't necessarily mean right in the middle. It means right in your middle. Oh, cool. Like when I'm trying to get somebody to balance, where they're at today and perfect balance are the two endpoints. Your balance is somewhere in between. It's not fully 90-90 balance that, that we're looking at. Right or left side balance, never going to happen. Not healthy. But your balance is somewhere between where you're at today and perfect balance. And finding that is your mission. And me being able to build a plan for you, I may not be able to build out the whole plan, but I'm going to build out a plan that's going to last you probably at two, three years. And oftentimes the people that I work with don't even get to the strength portion of their paradigm for a couple of years. They have to do maintenance work on all the imbalances that they've already created. But an elite athlete cannot go without lifting something heavy for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's the paradigm that's in our heads right now. You, so you're saying, Mike, you're wrong. I'm saying we have to investigate. Okay. We Because in, in my experience... I can't imagine, though. Okay, but well, I let's, can't, I let's can't do imagine. this. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's take a Ferrari that just crashed into the wall. And an athlete is the Ferrari, okay? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we crash all the time. Yeah. So he crashes into the wall. And the, the frame actually gets bent. But they got a race coming up the next week. And instead of getting the frame back into center, they paint it, they put on new tires, looks bigger, looks more like a monster. They put in a bigger engine, Mike. And then they go out and the car blows up. You cannot put load on something that's imbalanced or you will break it. And that is all I have really to say about that as far as 
philosophically why I do this and why I push this, I think in over time, my words will become um, a little more common in the athletic training space. But that's exactly why I won't load an athlete that's out of balance. It's again, it's really ethically against what I'm trying to accomplish. I really do understand the problems when you load an athlete over dysfunction. Okay. So throw on some, put some weight on the bar, whatever, whatever it is, and you load them and it's all torqued underneath. And so loading dysfunction is problematic. And at the same time, if you can't perform in a small little window, even close to consistent towards your potential, you're not asked to come back. Yeah. So there's the inner crisis that's happening right now, not only for the teams, for the coaches, because people think that coaches are like the aggressive security, um, like they've got all the security in their life and then like they can kind of beat up the athletes and mm. kind of push them harder and whatever. That's not true. Right. Athletes, athletes and coaches, you know, support staff, we're all in this together. You know, right. meaning that there's a short window, especially for the athlete, there's a short window. And if you can't get it done, you're asked not to come back. Yeah. So how would you, how do you manage? Cause you know that you deal yeah. with this right now. Yeah. Like it's if, tough. If, I mean, and I'm, you're on the I, surf tour right now. Yeah. And so like, it, it's even more aggressive, right? It, it, easier to get those guys to get out of the weight room than yeah, it is right. a football yeah. player. But, yeah. but, uh, I've got a great example for you here and, and, uh, uh I haven't done the research and I am a science-based guy, but here's a story that I'll, I'll, I'll share with you from Peter Park, who you legend. know well, legend performance trainer on an earlier podcast that like seriously was one of the top performers ever. You have high shoes to fill right now that you brought him up. Oh yeah. 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 One Trust of the top me. producers. Watch on me the- dodge right back out of here real quick. <laughs> but, uh, Peter did a, uh, P- Peter had a, uh, has a system called, um, foundation training along with Dr. Eric Goodman. And what they did with the USA water polo team and unbelievable faith by Terry Schroeder, the coach to do this, Terry Schroeder agreed to allow his water polo team not to lift for 60 days. But before they got out of the gym, they took a PR on everybody. So they did the Olympic lifts and everybody got a personal best for that particular day. They recorded that. And then when they went off weights for 60 days, huge. I mean, that's huge in any sport. Peter took these guys and Eric took these guys and they did foundation training. And foundation training is very simply a system that strengthens the posterior chain or the back of your body. From it's like your, hit, it looks like hit, a lot of hip movement stuff. Yeah. A he, lot of tra- hip. he trained me for the, um, quote unquote ultra I did that mm. stand up paddle from Catalina mm. Island. Yes. So hip hinge was huge for you. Big time. Yeah. And yeah. he was unbelievable yeah yeah Yeah. like yeah i I would not have been able to do it without him what's up peter thank you yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well they uh um you know he he took care of lance armstrong for many many years and i he introduced me to lance i ended up taking care of lance for a while too and lance used to call peter half wheel because peter would always be a half wheel out in front of him looking behind him telling him to get his butt in gear and move peter's motor is incredible peter's grinder is incredible (laughs) yeah those stories that he shared about lance and whatever right So I think at some point, you know, I'm segueing a little bit. I want to get to the good stuff with you, but Lance, Peter, and I are going to try to get together for a pod, oh, that's which great. is going to be blast. That's great. Yeah. 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 Lance is quite, quite a, quite a manimal. Manimal. Okay. Yeah. Back, back into it. Back into it. Your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, 60 Peter, days, 60 days off. And then they did foundation training. And again, 
Foundation training is about strengthening the back of the body. And in the body, there's a physiological rule called reciprocal inhibition. And simply what that means is if I'm going to strengthen my back, the front has to open. And from, so from a postural perspective and from an, uh, a perspective for a swimmer who's got very tight chest muscles and has big shoulder problems, every swimmer that I know of at elite level has gone through shoulder problems. And so Peter, you know, created this program, put everybody on it. And in 60 days, of course, they measured everybody's posture much, much better. But what was truly the measurement that made the most uh, change was, or the kind of the most sense to me was that they went back into the gym and they were able to at least hit their PR and many of them hit over their PR. So the lesson is strength and length. Okay. If you get longer, you're going to get stronger. And if you get longer, you're also going to coordinate your brain to your nervous system, to your muscle with better communication, better synapses, uh, better able to flow one movement or from one muscle to the next without interruption, which is like, you know, uh, the difference between seeing a guy that can dance really, really good. And then uh, maybe a white guy drunk at a wedding dancing. You <laughs> Look know? At you. Okay. So, so give it, give me like three movements that you would hope everyone would do. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, three. Yeah. Is the, because here's where I run into some challenges. Yeah. I go to this world-class thinker about whatever that world-class thinker. And if I'm not careful, I've got an hour and a half of stuff that I'm doing before I even get my heart rate. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. Yeah. And before I've touched a weight or done any, before I've jumped on the surfboard. So, mm. so what would you say are the essential three? Um, Great question. Thank you for that. It's almost like we loaded this one up because um, there's really only three areas in your body that you have to keep mobile to keep healthy. Come on. Yeah. Unbelievable, right? So because, you know, look, I was a guy that didn't want to do my mobility training because it's what I needed the most. Okay. So let me, let me guess. Yeah. We're, we're, it's got to be something in the hips. Yes. Something in the mid-back. Yes. And then I, I'm going to go ankles. Jeez, you read my script. Yeah, it's ankle dorsiflexion. So the ability to flex forward on your ankle, we found to be a really critical measurement and predictability of injury in athletes. And it's the same thing with hips. Your hips have to be able to move forward, backwards, across your body, and then outside your body. And they all have to be loose and mobile there. The next area is the mid-back, as you mentioned right? You've got ribs attached. You've got all this stuff. It's armor there to, to protect your organs. Critical to keep that mobile. Now, if you keep your hips mobile, um, well, again, there's, there's this thing called joint stacking. And what that states is there are certain joints in their body that are built to be mobile, certain joints that are built to be stable. The ankle joint, that forward flexion is built to be mobile. The knee joint built to be stable. You don't want to stretch your knee, Mike. You want to stretch your ankle. You want to stretch your hip. If the hips are loose, the ankle, or excuse me, the knee stays stable and the low back, even perhaps more importantly, also is stabilized. If you don't have hip mobility, the knee has to become more mobile. Okay. So, okay, so there's so, a low so, back. Look, look. I got a left knee issue that I've struggled with. Yeah. I got a right ankle thing yes. uh, that I've struggled with. Makes sense so far. My mid back way too tight. 
and my hips. I can't send Indian style yeah. by any chance of the yes. imagination. Yeah. So I've got the reason I knew those three, cause those are the three where, um, surfing is a bad sport mm. for all of those. You <laughs> yeah. sit in this really bad yeah. posture, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then when you actually are trying to get ready to paddle for a wave, they got this flared thing, our ribs pop out, our mid back and low back are compromised. Like, so I, I know those three just by beating the three of them up. <laughs> and so, so, okay, go, go te teach, right? Like, let me hear, let me right. hear where your solutions are here. Right. So it's about, thank, and thank you, by the way. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, so those areas, if you're not mobile in those areas, you do have problems today or you will have problems tomorrow. And, and the critical point is when you do have problems and you do have an injury to your knee, how many people work on the ankle and the hip? Not that many. Those are the forward thinkers. If you go to a therapist and you go into that therapist with a knee problem or a rotator cuff problem, and the first thing that they do is focus on the knee or on the shoulder, you're, you're, other than to get a diagnosis, you may not be in the right place. You have to look at what's happening above and below the injury to actually treat that injury effectively. I can cover up pain with an analgesic. You know, we can do a surgery on a meniscus and, and repair that surgery, but it's going to come back and it'll probably come back with a worse injury because you're really not dealing with the lack of mobility in the ankle and the lack of mobility in the hips. And if you don't do that, you're just going to be the walking wounded the rest of your life. I guarantee that. And I lived probably half of my life already that way. I was the guy that was pretty athletic, uh, but I wasn't flexible. I wasn't mobile. And, and just for your listeners, there's a difference between flexibility and mobility. Flexibility is defined as the length of a muscle, whereas mobility is defined as the ability for that joint to move in all of its ranges of motion. Should the average healthy person be able to touch their toes? Well, I think it's a, it's a good measure and it's a measure of your hamstrings and your hamstrings are attached to your hips. So Should I think we it's be able a good to sit thing. In, in Indian style. Yes. And yes to both of those, but let me, let me throw a caveat out. Most people don't stretch their hamstrings properly. They don't hip hinge when they stretch their hamstrings. They actually are curving forward from their low back. Your low back's not built to stretch that way. In fact, you can put many pounds of stress on your discs. Your discs are not joints. So They're, when you stretch your hamstrings, you want to push your hips back. Yes. Push slightly your hips bent back. knee. Maybe, yes. Right. Push yes. your hips back. Yeah. Straight, proper posture when you're doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then slowly tilt forward. That's and then correct. what Peter has us doing or me doing is like the arms up at like a 45. Yes. Like in front, like I'm squeezing like a, like a, a little red rubber ball, yes. you know, from, yes. from grade school. And then just seeing how far we can just hold that. And I feel my whole body open up and lengthen. Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. And yeah. I'll tell you what, after, what is it like 15, 20 seconds? Like the whole body shaking. That's right. right? If you're doing it right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So I'm not just weak. No, it, no. It's, it's really, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like, you take the best athletes in the world and they're shaking all over the place if yep. they're doing it right. Yeah. It's a really good one. It's and, a great... and what's cool about that is, is Peter and, and Eric utilize and the foundation, you know, uh, family at large utilize these things, uh, to warm athletes up before they compete. That's right. I, I, I was blown away going out and watching the uh, Supercross guys working with Peter and Peter training these guys. And, and before they go out to ride their 20-minute heat, these guys are so wet that they absolutely have to shower and then get into their 
uh, leathers to go out there and compete. But what's so cool about this thing, and again, it speaks to, is it about weights? Is it about getting that bulk on? You get more energized after doing a foundation uh, workout than you did, you would do in just about any other workout. It actually provides energy because your breath is so important in it. And that's another thing we should talk about is diaphragmatic Wait, breath. Let's go, yes, we're going to get, you're not escaping that one with me for <laughs> sure. Now, but let's go back to the three, the mm -hmm. three exercises. Okay. So Mecha like mechanically, what would they be? Yeah. So ankle dorsiflexion, you're going to get on stairs. You're going to drop that ankle down below their heel down below that stair level. Uh, you're going to do it first holding on, and then you're going to do it to the point where you can balance yourself and not you have to hold on to the sides. Which would be, and we're going up and down? Yes, going up and down, right, yeah. Okay. So that's one way to do it. There's also ways where you can put a strap around the lower leg, mm -hmm. uh, uh, an elastic strap, and step forward and move into a lunged position. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it forces the, the tibia backwards and the for, uh, the uh, the ankle forward. So rubber band around both ankles. Rubber band around one ankle at a time. Do a lunge forward. And with what's that. it what's it attached to? Uh, attached to the lower tibia. So just above the ankle. And then attached to attached like a, to a pole. yeah something mm -hmm. stable behind you. Yeah. And then step forward to put tension on that into band. a low into a lunge uh, into a lunge position. So and then knees and, are at ninety degrees. Right. Drop your drop your hips a little bit. Yeah. And you can actually tap the other knee on the ground as you rock forward. And that will help actually help to your back produce knee. dorsiflexion. Yeah, got it. Okay, yeah. so you're trying to open up the ankle. The purpose of that is not to activate anything really other than the ankle. Yeah, you're yeah. really just trying With to a open little up that ankle. Uh -huh. okay. And create separation, joint separation. And, and how long does it take to open that up? That's a long one. That's probably yeah. going to take six to eight weeks to really get a, a really nice response on that. Because per exercise, is this like 10 seconds, 20 seconds? I, I do. I'm, I, I'm a guy that promotes little bits often. So seven times a day for a minute. Seven so times a day great. for a minute. You know, if okay. you're really serious about this stuff, you have to provide the body with a new environment. Your body molds to everything that you do. It's doing exactly what you want it to do. When you have poor posture and you come in to see me, it's not because you had a bad day. It's because you've had bad years. Your body is conforming to what you do. We're like a jello mold every day. And so look at your activities of daily living. When I treat an athlete, Mike, I treat them 24-7, uh, 365. I've got to look at, like I said, what are they eating and thinking and doing? That's going to have major ramifications on our either having success or not. Mm. Eat, think, and do. Which one comes first? Well, you know, we're here with you, so thinking's pretty darn oh, important. God, like, you. No, it's yeah. really important. You've got to have the mindset to have all these other systems work. And because the mind affects our physiology so greatly... Uh, and our physiology affects our mind. Yeah, yeah there absolutely. Is a, there is a absolutely. You know, system that goes I, I back. I don't know that I could literally divide them up, but I do know, at least in my case, in my history, the mindset is so critical for me to be able to activate the rest of the stuff. Yeah, I think it's upstream. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. You know, I think downstream is pain. Yeah. You know, and so, but then pain sends signals back up to the brain. And then when we feel that we think something, you know, sure, so pain, pain creates change. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then thank then you for saying, yeah, you're that, gonna be I, a, I've been saying that for years. Yeah. That thought is that why do people change is because of pain. Yeah. We're wired that way. And unfortunately, I think for some, uh, especially the generation that, that maybe perhaps we grew up in, or I grew up in, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's no pain, no gain. Uh, you know, get your ass back out there. You're a big wuss. If you, if you can't pay, play through some of this pain, 
it's really critical to understand that, uh, that the pain is a signal for your body that it, it's calling out for you to make a change. So, yeah. Brilliant. All right. Give me two more exercises. So, uh, the Por hip, favor. yeah, yeah. The hip hinge. So, uh, the founder would be probably the best thing to start with for those that have tight hips, which is kind of what I just described. Yeah. The founder right. is, is learning how to, to actually hinge from the hips, actually use the hips in all our bending. When we squat, we squat a lot during the day. So learning how to hinge from the hips creates a mechanism that protects the body, especially when you add the breath to it. Uh, and then the third area is the T-spine. So, you know, probably the simplest thing for everybody to do is to, to uh, get a roller, you know, uh, and mobilize the T-spine, just laying it between your shoulder blades, getting on your back. Laying it lengthwise. Yeah, laying and it then, lengthwise. And then opening And opening then opening up. that chest. Do you know Dr. Mike Clark? I don't. Okay, Fusionetics, uh, founder of NASM. Uh, did a business with Oprah in between mm. like stud. I mean, mm. he is a brilliant wow. man. Okay. Dr. Mike Clark. What's up, Mike. And so he and I were talking the other day about a project and he's done a deep dive in the value of vibration yeah. and foam rolling. Yeah. So he said, Hey, listen, it's really clear. And I'm going to pass on some insights that he has. I don't know if you, it, you might go, Oh yeah, that's old hat. But it, to me, it was new, this idea Foam rolling, as uh, you'll see people in the gym or whatever, just kind of rolling up and down on their IT band or their hamstrings or whatever. And he's like, it's, we did the research. That's, that's, it's a waste of time. So you want to go find the spot, sit on the spot, get some compression on the spot. You know, the thing that where you go, Ooh, I should get off that, but stay mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. And then gently roll after that and then move. Mm -hmm. So he goes upstream to say, you know, get on something where you're compressing, disinhibiting, I think I got it right. Uh, the compression disinhibits for a minute, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Inhibits, disinhibits. I don't know. I, anyways, probably <laughs> inhibits initially, and then and that causes the uh, release of the inhibition after there, that. That's yeah. it. And <laughs> yes, and then then roll it just a little bit, but it's the it's the staying on it that matters. So I'm thinking right now, like to take your your gems and then Mike's, which is like foam roll or a, a little ball do that before you want to open up your calves for a minute just get on a spot hold it sure know, maybe even mid back as well yes you know but you're saying yeah. but you're and what you're saying is not necessarily rolling you're just saying get on something that is long to open you up yeah and, and you can roll on it I'm, I'm all about rolling and i like the technique of compression on an area it's janet travell's trigger point work is where all that information came from localized ischemia or compression on that area will stop blood flow initially that's right and then it'll flood and engorge the area once you release it and another thing is that, that you, why humans for thousands and thousands of years like like to push on little pain points like we're stuck like it's not that it makes it feel better but we're Stopping the blood flow and then the blood flows back yeah, in with all the good it's oxygen. Stimulate, don't irritate. And stimulate so, what? Stimulate, don't irritate. Meaning that we get on it long enough to create some type of stimulation, but if oh. we stay on there too long, you're going to irritate it. Yeah, so, I've walked off a, a therapy table like it was too hard, too long. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, I, I, anybody with a low back pain that's gone in for a massage and can't get off the table can relate to that. Yeah, and yes. But, you know, I, what is it? What's wrong with me that I, I, don't like to tell somebody that's too hard. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, I like because that. you're gauging everybody else as part of your reality and that's not who you are. 
You know, everybody but has like a different sensory system. What, uh, you you see this a lot, though. So I'm not oh, necessarily yeah. asking yeah. for me I, I, so a much. Great, a great analogy is that look, when you put on that compression shirt that I created, yeah, uh, it might be too much for you. So I've created different levels of compression because everybody's wired differently. I mean, look at the autistic kids. You want to give them a big hug. They love that. That's wonderful for them. That's how they're wired. Really? But you give some people That's even cool. th- some people don't where, like where, to be touched. Where, Where'd you learn that? I mean, you can look at the physiology of what happens with autistic kids. It's it's in there. I mean, I how read you, it because how do you know this? Uh, they, I read it um, uh, when I when I was looking at materials that that uh, kids with cerebral palsy and autism used to help them communicate better with with their environment. With kids with CP, they would put them in these vests and strap them up so that they could actually sit up and relate to the other kids. And they love that. They love that feeling of that compression on there. And so that's mm. where this information comes mm. from. That's where I've mm. kind of gleaned it from. Really cool. And a lot okay. of this is kind of on the edge. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm very, like I said, science-based guy, but sometimes it's hard to wait for science to catch up. So you take physiology and you take the rules of physiology, and then you can read into certain things and kind of create not your own paradigms, but add one and one to create two. Finding Mastery is brought to you by AG1. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know what a big supporter I am of AG1. And it's almost been for a decade now. So I love what they're doing. It's something I drink just about every day. And part of their marketing slogan is that it's a nutritional insurance program. And like, I just, I love that. That's the way it feels for me. And that's because each serving of AG1 delivers a dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and so much more. It is a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. I like to take it first thing in the morning, which is also recommended for optimal nutrient absorption. And so what I do is I just fill up my shaker, add some cold water, a scoop of AG1, and a little squeeze of lemon. I shake it up, and I'm ready to go. Or if I'm in a rush or you know I'm, I'm ripping and running on the road, I just grab an AG1 travel pack to take with me. I feel great after drinking it, not only because of the nutritional insurance idea, but there's just a, there's a sustenance that happens when I drink it. And I love recommending it to friends and family because I know AG1 is formulated with science-informed rigor and the highest quality in mind. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I've loved partnering with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, I want to encourage you to give AG1 a try and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2, and also get five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash findingmastery. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash findingmastery. Finding Mastery is brought to you by AquaTrue. We all know how important hydration is to performance and recovery and well-being. But it's not just about how much you drink. The quality of your water plays a big role. And if you're like me and you don't fully trust tap water, and I think for good reason, research by the Environmental Working Group has shown that three out of four homes in the U.S. have harmful contaminants in tap water. That's why I'm really excited to introduce AquaTrue. Their purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. It's incredible. I can literally taste the difference in my water. 
Plus, the filters are affordable and long-lasting. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That adds up to less than three cents per bottle. It feels great to know that all at once, I'm saving money, getting the highest quality water for the Finding Mastery team, and helping make a positive impact on the environment by eliminating single-use plastics all the way around. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and it even makes a great gift. And right now, because you're a Finding Mastery listener, you receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. So just go to AquaTrue.com. You spell it A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code FINDINGMASTERY at checkout. Again, that's AquaTrue.com. Enter the Finding Mastery code at checkout to receive 20% off any purifier that you buy there. When athletes work with you, what do you hope they say? I, I hope they say that, look, I, I'm committed to that making you, this work. You, Tim, are committed. That Dr. Brown is committed oh, or oh, that the no. athlete is committed? Yeah, I, I'm looking to them and I'm hoping they're committed because this is not going to be a party. You know, if you're going to work with me, we're going to accomplish something. And to accomplish something, it requires work. And work is defined as moving something from one place to the other. And if they're not ready to do that, if they think I'm going to deliver them health, man, they read the wrong book. You know, it's not going to happen. It doesn't happen. Uh, I can lead you to that water. But again, you know, proverbial can't make you drink. And that's what healthcare is about. You can give people great ideas and great tools to work with. But unless they implement them into their life on a regular and frequent basis, it change is not going to happen. Why do you think chiropractic services have had such a bad rap? Well, I mean, you know, uh, you got a couple different camps to look at. You got the medical camp to look at and they're protecting their, their field. And that was kind of the, you know, kind of the, the setup when I was in school. MDs you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. In the medical paradigm, everybody's kind of protecting themselves and they're also, you know, science based. But then when you look at, you know, what's going on in the drugs, uh, the, the, the drug industry and everything else, is that really science based? Uh, it's arguable. So uh, I, I think that was big. And I think all the claims that chiropractors made were not scientific oftentimes. And they think that they can see somebody 60 times to fix their spine. That doesn't happen all the time. And if you can't do a double blind study to prove that, you shouldn't be saying that. Mm. And I think that that's probably what happens is that, you know, it's a business thing. So economics plays into it. Uh, biopsychosocial certainly plays into it. Um, and, and again, it's, uh, if you can't explain your way through something, if you're saying that your spine is sitting on top of a nerve, for instance, which is when I was in school, what we were taught. <laughs> come on. Dude, if the spine's sitting yeah. on top of the nerve, you're not going to come to see me. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, Trust that's me. like a different species. That's a, that's a well, really you know, serious problem. I'm laughing because that's crazy, right? Yeah, we know that crazy. now. But then when, you, when we flash back, I don't know, 80 years ago, I don't know when the exact fit. No, it was longer than that. There was a thought that people that were hysteric, women had a condition called hysteria. This is way back now. Okay. So I'm making sure that I'm putting the, the proper little caveat here. It was way back. It was not me. I'm not endorsing this. Yeah, this is yeah. where this is like legitimately nuts. What I'm about to say is that they thought that their uterus was wandering around in their body and it was creating a state of hysteria. Oh. And they didn't know what the men, they didn't know what to do. They couldn't look inside, you know, with the right diagnostic tools. And they know that 
every 20, 30 days, a woman actually bleeds. And so how, why would there be blood? Well, we didn't understand the mechanisms. So wow. this is a physiological medical, not medical. This is a physical condition that's taking place. The people that were responsible for, this drives me nuts, what I'm about to say. The people that were responsible for physical insights and science, when they didn't understand it, you know what they said? Well, it must be psychological. Mm, right. Come on. Right. I mean, you know, we can't, we can't do this. We cannot do it. We have to stand back and say, it is medical. It is, I'm sorry, it is physical. It is uh, psychological. It is, it's all of them. Like we are ecosystems. We're not even a system. We're an ecosystem where there's living biological dynamic systems at play that we can't see. And just because we can't see them doesn't mean it's not real. It doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't have real impact on the other two systems. Yeah, I think that there's a, a, a pretty good answer for uh, why we think that way. And that is that we learn, <clears throat> we learn medicine or chiropractic or whatever specialty that you're involved in, we learn it in a reductionist way. We learn it in pieces. And I think that that's why it's so difficult for everyone to get on the same page and recognize that, hey, we're all in this battle together. Mm. You know, and I, I had a, a stomach problem I got in Nicaragua about five years ago, Mike, and this was what really set, was this set a, this, was this a surf trip for me. Surf trip, yeah. Papoyo? Uh, something like that. I was in Colorado's down there in Nicaragua. And, um, I, it's, it's one of my favorite spots to surf yeah, in the world. Unreal spot, right? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, there were some bugs down there that, uh, that found their way into my system. And so I ended up having a, a, what they call SIBO. And SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Had never heard of it before, you know. How'd you know you had it? I couldn't get out of bed for about three weeks, and I'd never had that happen to me in my life. And what it is, is there's a bug that lays into your small intestine, and uh, it off-gasses methane, and methane paralyzes the nerves in your stomach lining and doesn't allow for the cleansing wave to happen. So the bacteria take over, and they and the small intestine is where your all your nutrients are really absorbed. You know, your your vitamins, your minerals, carbohydrates, all that stuff's absorbed in there. So all these guys were having a party down there and I was getting none of the energy and none of the benefits from the food I was eating. And so I went through, you know, at some point you got to go, okay, well, this natural medicine stuff <laughs> needs a booster for sure. I need to go see, you know, somebody, a GI or somebody that could help me. And so what I recognized through all that long story short was that the Ear, nose, eyes, throat person doesn't talk to the internist, and the internist doesn't talk to the GI specialist, and the GI specialist doesn't talk, specialist doesn't talk to the urologist ever. They are not in the same camp. They don't communicate the same studies. They don't recognize that everything has to work together. Or if they do, it's not. they don't want to um, put their economics in, into peril by exposing all this information that could really help these other guys do their job better. You know, it's all about the patient for you and I, Mike, but it, apparently not for the rest, uh, many of uh, much of the community. So I found that again, the reductionist thing, right? Everybody learned their piece. They did their piece, but they never ever intercommunicated with the other parts. Well, that's what happens in our body sometimes is that we see somebody that knows something about something but doesn't know everything enough to really get you into a place that's going to get to the cause and really allow the systems to work together. Um, and so because of that, I think that's why our system is really a big part of why our system is broken and why chiropractic is so foreign to an internist. 
What is and your vice tra- versa. What is your training? Uh, my training is uh, what's the I, formal training to be a Cairo? Yeah, so so you do pr- like a pre med, you know, to get in. You got all the, the Un- undergrad pre med, undergrad pre med, and then uh, and then you go to three and a half years chiropractic college straight through, no breaks, and um, and you come out with a doctor of chiropractic degree. And then what is the training after the degree? Well, you do your so you're not licensed at that point. No, you're not. Well, you're licensed once you get your degree, but you have to pass a national board and a state board. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a bear. It's it's a monster. So it's. Uh, so was there a point where Kairos would have like a two non-college two-year degree and get licensed? Was, was that no. something that that was never the case? No, not the not that that I'm ever aware of. No, okay. certainly. So I went to the wrong Cairo. Yeah, no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I you know, who I was influenced by, and I think he's phenomenal and he was big time in my uh, in my life was dr joe horgan yeah and and i think that's kind of how we met was through joe talking about you so much and and joe is, is i was on his of, table a lot joe, joe's a hero of mine because when i was uh, i was going to go to medical school okay that was my deal i was going to be a medical doctor but i was going to get into natural care and then I met Dane Selznick on the Pro Beach Volleyball Tour. He was world champion back in the day. And um, he'd always talk about this guy he'd be going to see. And he was a chiropractor, but he didn't adjust bones. He just did work, did muscle work. And it just intrigued me. Because, he was first on the scene. Yeah. With that. Oh, yeah. You know, so for he, sure. He, he, created a, he created this system along with a couple other docs. And, um, you know, and, and part of his system went into art. Right. And then there was another guy, Dr. Levy, that did another system of neuromuscular reeducation. And what it was was just phenomenal soft tissue work. And Joe, Joe is probably the most, most ethical guy that I know of in our profession and probably in any profession. He's just an, a, an incredible guy. I full on co-signed that. Yeah. He, he, uh, he created a system, a four-year postdoctorate system if you wanted to become um, – skilled in in the art and science of what he did in soft tissue then it's going to take you four years four years after the postdoctorate postdoctorate he'd pay you 50 grand a year but you're going to work 60 hours a week and you're going to learn the system you're going to learn his system of examination and i'll tell you michael he, he might be one, sorry go ahead please. No, I was, we're probably going to say the same he's thing one of the best diagnosticians yeah yeah there's uh, ever... his his exam is an hour and a half maybe two hours and who does that these days and when I say one of the best diagnosticians, I mean across medicine. Across medicine, yeah. He's phenomenal. I, 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 he's my litmus. You know, if I've got a real question on an athlete, uh, I send him to Joe. Okay, so the, the point of this part of the conversation, we're rem- reminiscing about how wonderful a friend of ours is, but the point of this part of the conversation for me is the importance of having game-shifting, big-thinking people in our community that are smarter, are deeper, are longer into the craft that we can bounce ideas off of, you know, that we can be influenced by and hopefully add that same level of influence because we're taking the craft uh, with that same delicate intensity. And so, you know, that's what this part of the conversation for me is like, that is essential in the becoming to have that community. And I know how, obviously how important community is for you. Okay. Let's, there's so much I want to do. How did you, can we rewind for a minute? Mm -hmm. How did you get Tell me about like early life. Uh, early life, uh, grew up in Newport Beach, you know, the rough streets of Newport Beach. It was hell, Mike, I'm telling you. 
but uh, <laughs> so far, from the, you know, yeah. How many Mercedes were in the parking lot? Yeah, it, you was, know? it was pretty funny in that sense. But uh, what did mom and dad do? Uh, my dad was a dental technician. So back in the day, they, uh, they used to hand build dentures and crowns and all that stuff. And so that's what my dad did. My uncle was a, a dentist for celebrities, you know, Johnny Carson, Joey Bishop, all those guys. So my dad made their teeth and all that stuff. Okay. So you were around professionals. Right. Yeah. And you grew up with like an appreciation for craft. Yes. And then you're also, your uncle was also in the the world of um, people influence. Right. And so you, right. you probably felt familiar when you or comfortable, at least when you met your first world champion. Cause you, you, uh, John, yeah, yeah. You know, like it was more that. of a curiosity than it was, uh, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I'm vapor locked right now. What was high school person. like? Uh, high school was my, my parents were religious. So it was, it was a, it was kind of a difficult time for me because it wasn't something that I was into. I was with all the due respect for my parents. Um, I had a big problem with religion early on and it's bias and it's, and it's seeking power and all those things. Why did you see that? I have no idea. What were your friends like? Uh, my friends were very diverse. You know, I wanted, uh, I, I realized early on that everybody had something to offer, no matter what they How'd looked like, learn no matter that? what they did. I don't know. I really don't know. I, m- maybe my grandmother. My grandmother is arguably the nicest person that has ever been hatched on this earth. And uh, she'd give uh, a stranger her house if they asked for it. So you saw compassion? I saw compassion. Empathy? Yeah. Yeah. You saw that from your grandmother? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, and growing up in Newport, that's not what you see a lot. But whenever I was around my grandmother, it radiated off her. It was such a strong contrast to everything else around me that I was envious and, and wanted a piece of that. When did you, can you recall a moment in your life when you said, when you're looking back, when you say, you know, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Now you could take this one of two ways. I'm going to watch which way you take it, but like you can take this in a lot of different directions, you know, for sure. But there's one or two basic camps. But if you answer that question, where do you go? Ah, uh, shoot. You know, I've, I've just got this, you know, a lot of flashbacks going in front of my eyes right now. And, and uh, uh, maybe ask that question one more time, if you would, Mike. Yeah. What's happening for you? I will ask it, but what's happening for you? What's that? What's happening for you right now? Oh, yeah. Just there's so much stuff going so are you a thinker or a feeler? Do they integrate right now? Uh, yeah, I feel first. You feel first? Think, and think then what second. are you feeling right now when you're, when you're searching for the, the thinking part of it? I think that there's uh, so many um, little things that come to mind that, that kind of create the answer. And where do you feel it? I feel it in my heart. And then what, do you, what, what is that predominant feeling? Uh, it's, it's warmth and love for people that have given me the opportunity to learn. Okay. Cause you got quiet. You kind of, you, you pulled back in a little bit mm. and that's warmth and love for you. Probably retrospect. Is that how much of that is you not wanting to say person a or event B because you don't want to exclude others. A lot of that, a lot of that. So is knowing you, I imagine that you don't want to just highlight one or two things at the exclusion of others. That's correct. So is this more of a like fear of abandoning others that have been important as opposed to like, I want to celebrate the one or two. 
how does your model internal model work? Then? Yeah, I, I just think that, uh, you know, I want to celebrate everybody, you know, and I, I, I and it, uh, that's why this question is like really cool. Yeah, because it's not so much what it was, the mechanics of what you're about to say is cool, right? But actually, the process of you figuring it out is to me is the thing where I start to go. Mm. So that's how he works. Mm. Right? Mm. So, okay, so that's why I'm going to take a leap of faith here. That's why you're such a community minded professional is because everybody's important. You see the good in others and you have such regard for other people in the helping you become you that even asking that simple question, what's the time or place or person? And you're like, Oh my God, it's everybody. I don't want to let anyone off the hook. Like it's everybody. So you are, that's where the community I think comes from for you. I think I just got shrunk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you got expanded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that, is it uh, close to right or not? Yeah. Uh, I, I feels really right. It yes. does feel right. And then, so let's, let's talk about Fibonacci for a minute. All right. Yeah. So can we jump over to that? Yeah, like yeah. how that, why that's a value to you and where you're going yeah. with that? So the body is made up of all these different numbers and Fibonacci's sequence is part of that makeup. And the Fibonacci sequence, if you look it up, it's zero plus one is one, one plus one is two, one plus two is three. And that's how it works out. Three plus two is five and so forth. And, and what that number ends up becoming is pi. And so, um, you know, and pi is circumference of the circle. Um, but what's wild and fascinating about this and where I really took a big leap is, is that the body parts are measured in Fibonacci, like your finger, your, you know, your phalange has all these parts. It goes three, five, seven, thirteen, you know, et cetera. So, or three, five, eight, thirteen. Um, Which and, is the smallest digit on your finger. Correct. Is three, whatever units. Three centimeters. The uh -huh. next one is five. five. The next one in length is eight. If, yes. if you have a normal, <laughs> right, right, exactly. you know, some of the elite athletes we work yeah. with, or if you got Marfan syndrome, you got a blue. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So those units, uh, there's a balance there. Yes. And then it's the same, like with our, uh, hand to forearm to, uh, upper limb. Right. Right. All those and, ratios. Right. Yeah. And it's the same with, uh, what is it? Foot to, to, um, lower leg to upper leg. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And then, right. It, and then the same applies to the face face and and the face is is really interesting you know it's been used in architecture uh, our fibonacci's and architecture art and leonardo da vinci used fibonacci a lot and that's how he defined beauty that's exactly right in fact how one side of the face lined up versus the other but he would skew it just a little bit which right. was interesting right like right. so th but so that's where i was like like when we think about masters da vinci's like is he, is he the one he might be, you he's, know, like, so I've done such a deep dive on like there, his stuff. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. So Fibonacci is in beauty. It's yes. in the natural order of things. Yes. And it's also when we find it in, um, not only nature, but when we find it in architecture and structures, it's really interesting, but how do you apply it? Well, Fibonacci is, is, uh, in a nutshell, my best definition that I can give it is it's nature's way of organizing energy. And that's why posture is so important to me too, because that's the way the body organizes its energy is in its posture. No position gives the body more energy, more potential than posture, whether you're an athlete or you're working at a computer. Our systems uh, communicate better when we have posture. Everything works at its ideal level, right? Our breath works right, our alignment's right. The body's under the least amount of stress. It works best in the field of gravity when we're in posture. 
And posture is not just a static thing, it's a movement thing too. So training people how to move in posture is critical too. That's why we never learned that growing up. So these athletes that go out there and have all these great potentials genetically haven't even touched how good they can get if they were able to put all these systems together. Okay, so you're saying Fibonacci is this natural order of things to yes. express energy. Yes. Whether it be a snail ratio, like a snail yes. is a Fibonacci right. expression. How, how a flower unfolds is Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Yeah. You cannot have a wave break unless the formula for Fibonacci hits the sand, the wind, the swell, and all that at the right time. Same with our ears, yes. right? The inner part of our ears yeah, of the Fibonacci cochlea. ratio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So you're saying yes, oh, yes. There's one more thing that I want to, especially for our audience that may have a lot of athletes in them. The body is set up in Fibonacci. If you look at how muscles are formed around a joint, purely Fibonacci, the I muscles really? are formed in a spiral to allow a spiral motion. As doctors, but we... Why, why is that a... Um, why is that ratio, how is that ratio, I, I, this isn't brand new to me. How is that muscular expression also Fibonacci? The angles of the muscles around every joint are in a spiral. We measure as physicians, we measure movement in three planes, coronal, sagittal, frontal. But if we take it a step further, Mike, and we get a little bit out there, those three movements allow for the spiral to take place. Those three planes, excuse okay. me. Yep. And so for me, if we're looking at, you know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, I mean, this is built into our system. So have you measured that or has there been measurements that that is the, oh, yeah, that is a golden ratio? So meaning yes. there's, there's one part How your anterior, one part posterior, one part lateral or yeah, whatever those. Yeah. It, and, and, you know, you can look at them in, as an anatomist and look at, oh, God, they're linear or they're going horizontal. But they're not. They it's are. Opening. But if you keep looking deeper, there's That's ones right. that are deeper levels that have these different angles at them. That but it's the them. ratio between those three planes that is the Fibonacci ratio. It is the spiral that's created in the end game. That is the Fibonacci created. Okay. How, how, how Bruce Lee punches somebody is with torque. Yes. It's not straight. Torque gives you power. But that is a rate. There's a ratio. And what there's are the, ratio. what's the ratio between the three? The th well, I, that's where I'm stuck on. Well, like, what is the ratio? Yeah. I, all I can tell you is that if you look at the anatomy of the body and you look at how the muscles set up around a joint, in almost every joint, you're going to see that it's set up so that it can work on a spiral. Like and, oh, you, you're saying that that's what it is. You're yeah, saying it's the, the, end the game. spiral has the relation has the ratio relationship between the, the three planes. Got it. Okay. Yeah, much sorry like, about that. Yeah. No, no, no. That's me trying to figure it out here with you. And much like a snail shell is a spiral. That's how we got to that. That's correct. Okay. All right. And then you took a leap from well, if that's the natural order of things that we can't even understand. How does it relate to posture? And you're saying it's energy expression. Mm -hmm. And if we get, is there a ratio in posture? Or are you just saying I put posture as like a kingpin? Like yeah, I have yeah. a high value. Your posture is going to be different than mine. We're just built yeah. differently. You're, you're, you know, when I, that's why I say balance is a joke because nobody's joints are built perfectly symmetrically. If I looked at how your hip joint joins into the acetabulum and I, and I look at somebody else's, it's going to be different. And so therefore your hip potential movement in that hip is going to be different. Got it. And so if I look at that on an x-ray and I see that and I, I see you try to cross your legs, and you can't try, cross your legs, nine out of 10 times I'm going to say it's a mobility problem. 
But that 10th time is probably because the shape of your bone won't allow for that to happen. So we have to be aware when we're examining people that nobody is built in this perfect little shape. Can you talk about the impact on technology to posture, to breathing, to the way that we engage in life? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it's taken us downhill. It's taken us in the wrong direction. Movement is life. Life is movement. Wherever we're on our devices, we're not doing that. And uh, the postures that we put ourselves in to be able to operate these devices are absolutely should be illegal. Uh, it's, it's a crime, the injuries that are being created over time by us being on these devices. You know, we sit 9.4 hours a day on average in the United States, and most of that time is spent on devices. We only sleep a little over seven hours on average in the United States. So there's not a whole lot of time to be active, but we have to stay away from the devices um, and, and put them in a place where they are not, the, they, your hours, the majority of your hours are not spent on those things during the day. Limit yourself as much as you can. Do intense work on those things, but do short work. Uh, uh, we had a great chance to meet with uh, the gal that ran um, NASA's, uh, let's see, what was it? Jan Verkanos, uh was the head scientist at NASA for ergonomics. So when guys landed from coming off of the moon or from outer space, she studied the effects of, of gravity, coming back into gravity. And she wrote a great book about um, sitting is killing us. And what she wrote was that for every time, every hour you spend in a chair, um, excuse me, let me take that back. For every 20 minutes you spend in a chair, um, you can't get your health back after what it's done to you. So every 30 seconds uh, or the first 30 seconds that after you've sat down, electricity turns off in your lower body. It's immeasurable. And what happens with that is over a period of time, it creates a degeneration that our bodies can't regenerate. And so every time we go sit for eight hours, even if you go run a 10K after that eight hours, you can't make up for the, the, um, the negative effects on health it's made. So bottom line on that is if you're working an eight hour day, she says to get up 32 times and move around. So move around for at least a minute. If you don't do that, you're going backwards. And that's why they call it death by chair. Yeah, it's a new smoking. It is a new smoking. Yeah, mm. sadly. Okay. Um, let, let's jump into breathing. Yeah. So I'd love to hear your insights on breathing. Yeah. Well, well a lot of it, um, especially recently, comes from Brian McKenzie's camp. And I know you guys have spoken and he's just an, an icon for me in, in the ability to link a lot of these training mechanisms he's definitely together. a systems thinker. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, breath, uh, you know, the 1999 uh, Nobel Prize for medicine was won by three guys that figured out what happens when you nose breathe. And that was a super fascinating hole to dive into. And what happens real briefly is that when we breathe in through the nose, we have this gas stored in our sinuses called nitrogen oxide. And the only way to access that gas is to breathe through your nose. And what that gas does is multifold. First thing it does is it sterilizes your air. So breathing through the mouth, we look at the mouth like an incubator. We look at the nose like a filter. And so when we sterilize that air, the next thing that happens is 
because it has nitrogen oxide, it allows us to vasodilate down deep into lobes of our lungs so we're able to absorb more oxygen. And so that's critical, right? The other thing that it does is when we breathe through our nose is it puts pressure against the back of our throat and that's where the vagus, vagal nerve or vagus nerve lies. And when we compress... The wandering nerve. Right, when we yeah. compress that nerve, that's what signals our body to go into parasympathetic. That the tone of the of that nerve is really important. Oh baby, yeah. You know, and it's and there's ways to get at it. You can get at it by thinking, you can get yeah. at it by breathing, you can yeah. get at it by movement, and you can also get at it from the gut. Mm. So we get all our systems are involved in the in the that vagal tone. And you know, getting that thing right is really important. Yeah. And so really I, I don't know of the tool where we can measure the tone. I don't know. I don't know that tool. And I know that you can measure it. I haven't ever been able to to do it yet. Mm. But a home device, if there's someone out there that, that wants to talk about cracking open a home device, you know, for tone. Yeah, that, that'd be that'd be helpful. Next generation. Yeah. Okay. So so tongue in the back. And the reason tongue in the back is really important as well is because it is a rest digest position. Right. And so that's a big deal. You know, when it's forward, there's an aggressiveness. Mm. And so breathing, um, opening up. So when you get your chin back over your chest, if you will, or how do you say it? Your ch- not, no, your chin back over your spine, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. that it, uh, it can help push the tongue toward the back of your... Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and those that breathe out through their mouth with the tip of their tongue on the roof of their mouth, which many yoga practitioners do, that also creates that pressure against that vagus nerve there. Yeah. And so you know who I learned a bunch of that from is... Um, our, our friend from the WSL. Which one is that? <laughs> John? Oh. No, no, medical director. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Dr. Prosser's done some really cool stuff on that breathing work as well. So, yeah, yeah, with you know. his DNS and, and mm-hmm. so forth. And then yep. fortunately had the the great, uh, well, have had the great fortune to know Mike Rintala as well, who's mm. a master oh. teacher in DNS yeah. and yeah. just one of the nicest, most humble guys, <laughs> a, man. Both of those dudes are legends. And they're great, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, good. So then so then, what are you doing for practice on breathing or recommendation uh, practices? Yeah, so there's lots of different types of breaths you can take to get create different physiological reactions and responses. And so uh, I've been really into a system called Gymnastica Naturale over the last few years, and I'm going to take a... Uh, a certification course, the first one for uh, for movement and health uh, practitioners, movement uh, specialists and health practitioners uh, with Alvaro Romano, the guy that created it. And I, I feel super blessed with that. But he taught me a breath uh, called a recovery breath that when you're really tired or out of breath, where you can get your, your breath back and, and normalized within 30 seconds. And so that's a different type of breath, though it's a nose breath. Um, when you breathe out, you compress in with the abs, and within 30 seconds, I mean, and, and it was really no, interesting. Through I'll, your nose? Through your, in through your nose, right. So you're getting all the gas out. Yeah, He's so working to get all, so. So what happens is, you know, when we were in school, when I was in school, carbon dioxide was the enemy. And what we've learned with Brian's work, at McKenzie's work, et cetera, is that, that carbon dioxide is critical. And what carbon dioxide does is is actually is a key to open the muscle to allow the oxygen in. So what we learned in school was get rid of that stuff. But Wim, what what 
Wim Hof and and McKinsey and others like them have taught us that it's kind of a, an asset if you learn how to use it properly. Brilliant. Can you talk about the impact on technology to posture, to breathing, to the way that we engage in life? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think it's taken us downhill. It's taken us in the wrong direction. Movement is life. Life is movement. Wherever we're on our devices, we're not doing that. And uh, the postures that we put ourselves in to be able to operate these devices are absolutely should be illegal. Uh, it's, it's a crime, the injuries that are being created over time by us being on these devices. You know, we sit 9.4 hours a day on average in the United States, and most of that time is spent on devices. We only sleep a little over seven hours on average in the United States. So there's not a whole lot of time to be active, but we have to stay away from the devices um, and, and put them in a place where they are not the, they, your hours, the majority of your hours are not spent on those things during the day. Limit yourself as much as you can. Do intense work on those things, but do short work. Uh, uh, we had a great chance to meet with, uh, the gal that ran um, NASA's, uh, let's see, what was it? Jan Verkanos uh, was the head scientist at NASA for ergonomics. So when guys landed from coming off of the moon or from outer space, she studied the effects of, of gravity, coming back into gravity. And she wrote a great book about um, sitting is killing us. And what she wrote was that for every time, every hour you spend in a chair, um, excuse me, let me take that back. For every 20 minutes you spend in a chair, um, you can't get your health back after what it's done to you. So every 30 seconds uh, or the first 30 seconds that after you sat down, electricity turns off in your lower body. It's immeasurable. And what happens with that is over a period of time, it creates a degeneration that our bodies can't regenerate. And so every time we go sit for eight hours, even if you go run a 10 K after that eight hours, you can't make up for the, the, um, the negative effects on health it's made. So bottom line on that is if you're working an eight hour day, she says to get up 32 times and move around. So move around for at least a minute. If you don't do that, you're going backwards. And that's why they call it death by chair. Tim, I want to thank you for being a stakeholder in the value of connection and empathy and compassion and community and a, a person who takes their craft and way of living and integrates the two all to, for the, the service of others. So I want to thank you for oh, thank you. taking the time to spend, um, on this conversation, but also just what you've done uh, in the industry. Well, thanks. I feel like we just got the conversation going and yeah, I, I want to keep well, it going. A, Hopefully we'll have a round two. Yeah. We, we, Love, I'd love to do that with you. Yeah, what are thanks. some things that you, that you want to talk about that we didn't get to today? Oh, shoots. I, um, God, there's such a world, you know, that, 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 uh, needs to be expressed out there. And, and I think it's about participation and, and it's about responsibility. And I think everyone has to really kind of put their, their big girl, big boy pants on and take responsibility for their own health and to, um, if you're not in the right healthcare system, you know, you got to do the research. You got to look out there. There's a system out there that's for you. There are genuine people out there that truly want to help you that are in this for the right reason. I think trusting your gut and listening to your gut when you meet these, uh, professionals, uh, is a great way to go. Uh, but, but recognizing that, that 
that um, posture is under your power, uh, learning how to breathe is under your power, and those are the first two things on the list. If I never did anything for anybody but helped them with those two things, Michael, I think that we can make the world a little safer, a little better place, a little happier place. Um, it just makes you feel better when you're healthier. And that's something that I think that you've dedicated your life to. And certainly I have as well. And there's so many others out there that have, it just, uh, if you want it bad enough, you'll find it. And, uh, if there's any, ever anything I can do to help anybody out there, um, you know, please feel free to email me or text. And I am happy to at least, uh, uh, point you to the right road. All we need out there most of the time is a map. You know, a lot of you out there have the desire but you don't have the map and we're here to provide that for you. Mm. Where can people find you? Don't give your home phone number. Cell phone. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it that way. Where can people find you? Yeah. You could find me at T Brown at Intelliskin.net. Um, spell, and, spell Intelliskin. Yeah. Hey, that's a challenge. I N T E L L I S K I N. Say, say again. I N I T E L T E L L I skin.net yeah t brown t brown appreciate you brother <laughs> appreciate you more man thanks all right Thank you so much for diving into another episode of Finding Mastery with us. Our team loves creating this podcast and sharing these conversations with you. We really appreciate you being part of this community. And if you're enjoying the show, the easiest no-cost way to support is to hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're listening. Also, if you haven't already, please consider dropping us a review on Apple or Spotify. We are incredibly grateful for the support and feedback. If you're looking for even more insights, we have a newsletter we send out every Wednesday. Punch over to findingmastery.com slash newsletter to sign up. This show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, and we take our recommendations seriously, and the team is very thoughtful about making sure we love and endorse every product you hear on the show. If you want to check out any of our sponsor offers you heard about in this episode, you can find those deals at findingmastery.com slash sponsors. And remember, no one does it alone. The door here at Finding Mastery is always open to those looking to explore the edges and the reaches of their potential so that they can help others do the same. So join our community, share your favorite episode with a friend, and let us know how we can continue to show up for you. Lastly, as a quick reminder, information in this podcast and from any material on the Finding Mastery website and social channels is for information purposes only. If you're looking for meaningful support, which we all need, one of the best things you can do is to talk to a licensed professional. So seek assistance from your healthcare providers. Again, a sincere thank you for listening. Until next episode, be well, think well, and keep exploring.